0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to the Philip K. Dick Book Club. In each episode of this podcast, I look at one of the works of Philip K. Dick. Um, at this point, we're looking at the stories of 1954. And in, in today's episode, we'll be specifically looking at progeny. Progeny is a nice little story about education. Uh, this is one of the themes that Dick kind of hints around. He never wrote like a single novel that really unfolded all his thoughts on education. But it's something that comes up a lot, like even in Martian time slip. You have like robots educating kids. You have our friends from Frolox 8, which in many ways is about education and opportunity. And James P. Crowe talks a little bit about education and the civil service, um, Dr. Futurity in a way. So deals with young people as well in the crack in space. And uh, an interesting theme I think in Dick's literature in his writings is his relationship between this kind of generational conflict right and the, the the way particularly in my view he talks a lot about how the how the older people or the more established people tend to limit opportunities for younger people by creating institutions and systems or just in some cases by living too long um, and how young people really kind of inherit this the sins of of their parents in a way now progeny is is more specifically about education um, and and childhood and how we should raise them. And and it's also a story though about automation. Uh, In this case, automated kind of upbringing. Um, Automation is something Dick was increasingly interested in at this point in his career. In 1954, 1955, he publishes uh, this story. He publishes um, pay for printer and auto fact. And, and a few other stories that really get to this this issue of, of, of an automated economy. And here we have a, an example of an automated, almost educational system or, or ch- even full-blown child rearing. So um, Progeny, well Progeny was published in IF, IF is the name of the journal of the magazine, a very f- famous uh, sci-fi uh, literary magazine of the time, uh, in the November of 1954 issue. You can find it in the We Can Remember it for You Wholesale, the Collected Stories of Philip K. Dick Volume two. Um, and I don't know if it's been reprinted anywhere else, but I have the I have the collected stories, so that, that's where usually I'll, I'll get them from. So as the story opens, we meet our main character or one of our main characters, Ed Doyle, who's rushing to the LA Central Hospital by robot taxi just after hearing news that his wife Janet is about to deliver their child. So kind of a classic scene we've, we've seen plenty of times in movies or things of course we have a robot taxi and that, that's the first sign that we're in an automated economy something dick uses a lot to suggest that he's from the colony on proxima but brought his wife to earth to deliver the child in a better environment with better health health systems so there's a little bit of hints there about the frontier at the hospital ed learns that the child has already been born and they meet a robot doctor so obstetrics and gynecology are operated by robot doctors the robot's called doctor bish b i s h and he provides all the details bish reminds ed that the boy will be called peter now it's not what do you want to call your boy it's it's a reminder and this has been predetermined by the system that the boy will called peter and like i don't know why is it that they're they don't have enough peters that name, or or they names are rotated or drawn out of the hat but he, his name has been predetermined they're allowed to look at the infant from afar while bish reveals that the body is in good health from every angle ed wants to hold the baby but this idea horrifies his wife janet and on his way out janet confronts ed about this very embarrassing request and accuses him of trying to ruin the life of their child this, you know so we got that important point here in that in this culture the idea that you could touch your child the idea that you any human contact with the child would damage their upbringing janet assures him that the child will be well off since he is from the best eugenic stock so we have a eugenic system as well and now i don't know if ed ed and janet's marriage was predetermined as well it's it's probably likely here you know, that's something dick had done before in like the uh the world of talent but that was about mutants post-humans but this idea that that robots could or not robots but that people would be have their mates chosen for them for the benefit of the species is something dick has played with before ed wants to know how long peter will need to stay with the robots and janet explains and this is kind of for our benefit as the readers that peter will be raised by robots for nine years obviously ed would have known that he'll only be allowed to return to humans when he's less plastic and this was the exact term that he was plastic less likely to be kind of transformed or corrupted by human influences robots have proven to be the best at raising children they are not afflicted with emotions they can prevent the passing on neuroses and other quote, quote unquote warp developments ed comes to terms with the fact that he will not see a son for nine years and nine years later so we get a jump ahead no reason to stick around with ed and janet during the nine years after that Nine years later, Ed Doyle meets Dr. Bish. Bish tries to banter with him, but Ed insists on seeing his son. Bish informs him that he's been moved for specialized training to the biological research station, so he's going to be trained to be a biologist. Bish attempts to convince Ed that it is best not to see his son because he's at this critical point in his training and that he has the potential to become a great biologist. Now, here, if you want to be hard on the robots and the whole system, you can be, but notice we have a nine-year-old who's already being trained basically at, you know it sounds like graduate level training in in biology so maybe something works here ed insists on his legal rights to talk to his son and though and which which apparently he has so ed meets his son peter he takes peter out for a drive and we get this really awkward kind of feel that we might have and you know we're a deadbeat dad maybe he comes back and sees his kid or, or even like you know divorced parents who don't see their kids very often and they try to touch touch with them but they don't really keep up with them day to day so it's, it's kind of awkward and weird that's a little bit what happens here they discuss proxima they discuss their first meeting when he was born and all this but when they get outside the city ed sends a driver back ed starts to smoke a pipe telling Pete. so they're kind of out walking around and he's smoking a pipe ed uh tells peter how he moved to proxima when he was 19 and now how he runs a maintenance business When a squirrel goes by, Ed is delighted at seeing it, but seeing the animals, one of the reasons he likes returning to Terra, because these these animals don't obviously exist on the colonies. But these delights are in decline. Everything's becoming urban and mechanized and automated and all these things. Peter never saw a squirrel though. Now he's a biologist who never saw a squirrel, or he's training to be a biologist. So that's an interesting observation. Ed is bothered when Peter seems so content with a life. That was planned for him by others he remembers his own youth and he talks about how he walked around and played outside and all these things that that peter will never be able to do ed suggests that peter goes with him to sirius the newest frontier and they could just start off you know in the frontier kind of have a good life and it's something that p uh sorry ed desperately wants he desperately wants to get free of this whole universe and he's always running to the frontier so um he, he returns to earth occasionally but he just wants to be away from this, 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 this world that took away his son, essentially. But Peter just kind of smiles and smirks at this idea that they go to Sirius together. He has no interest at all in that. So later on, Peter is back with Dr. Bish, and they're going over the paperwork on the visit, kind of debriefing him on the visit. And Bish asks him about his visit, and Peter tells him that Ed is very emotional, and he has a pungent order very similar to the smell of the animals in the lab and the two of them exchange a smile of mutual understanding so it seems that they're successfully training peter into being uh, basically a robot uh, emotionally like he doesn't he he he's even has this he sees his own father essentially as an animal because of his emotions and his sense and all the all the things that that peter would never grow up with and never experience so that that's the tale. It's a really co- nice confined tale. It it doesn't really have a have a whole lot of dimensions. I, I think besides the frontier and education, it, it's kind of contained in that. And automation, those three themes really are are combined here. Um, progeny can be read as a warning to parents who find it comforting that other people kind of raise their kids in their most formative years. Uh, we we're horrified by this story certainly, and this idea that. We could have institutions or machines or things raise our kids. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, we'll realize we actually do this a little bit more than we should. You know, most during most of the year during during most of their waking days, kids are in public schools where, of course, there there's people around, but they're, they are being raised by by other people. So this is just a logical extension of that. And then. Schools don't really make children independent in general, but it does make them independent of their families in a way. Um, by the time they're in first grade, children spend most of their waking, from the time they earn first grade, children spend most of their waking days and times with teachers and classmates. And the status in there is determined competitively by examinations rather than their families or communities. And I'm not necessarily saying going back and let's re- 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 go back to the time before common schools. But I do think there's perhaps something we should learn about I guess uh, how do I want to say this? I guess the how people in early or times did this kind of thing, to train kids, and how tr- allowed communities to take a bigger role in the education of of children. Even Peter's disgusted his father, placing him in the same level as a lab animal, has parallels with with I think some ways that education affects the family. Maybe not so much primary education because nowadays kind of everyone goes through that. But if, you, if you're from like a first generation college educated, you know, the first generation of college education in your family, right? You, you might come back and, and lose some of the ability to talk to your family, right? Especially if you go through graduate school and you come back and something I did. And it can sometimes be hard to reconnect with them. And you look at your family in different ways. Now that might just be part of growing up. And, and seeing your parents in new ways And seeing your hometown in new ways But um, that's the thing I mean we certainly have this in some novels That Dick wrote such as Cosmic Puppets Where someone goes back to their childhood home And sees it in entirely new ways And I think that's an experience many of us Share And of course in the, in the United States in particular Americanization programs in education In public schools and in workplaces Work to suppress immigrant ethnic cultures And replacing them with more of an American identity. In doing so, they may have made it more difficult for parents and children to even communicate or to understand each other. Now, I'm not sure if Dick had public education in mind. I think he was thinking more in terms of automation, but he definitely was expressing concerns about the growing isolation between generations and how change and technological change or ecological change is going to create this divide. And I'd be very interested to see how this generation raised in this digital environment may look at older people who maybe went outside and played when they were kids you know it's not to say that playing outside is better than doing stuff on youtube um necessarily but it's going to create a bigger gap between the experiences right you can't necessarily talk to your kids in the same way about like when i was a kid i played baseball you know do you mean llb the show i like that game you know it's it's a it's a very i guess an awkward conversation and i'm here kind of imagining things but um that might be partially what Dick is getting at. Um, now, it's not matura- that maturation away from your parents' moral and ethical systems is bad. In fact, it's necessary. It's, it's really important. And, but we need to question what replaces it. In the case of progeny, what replaces the father-child relationship is this artificial bureaucratic logic. Um, and if you want to say, say Dick feared children, this is a good story to look at to argue that he did kind of have a negative, hostile view towards children. But eventually, by the time we meet Peter as a nine-year-old, he's a robot already, so he's he's barely a child in any sense. That childhood has been stripped from him and taken him from him entirely. And and the reason why is because his entire education was done through an artificial bureaucratic logic. Peter has a, surrendered his ability to choose his own future. Instead, he is placed in a certain profession, right? Now, is Ed any better? Ed says, let's go off to the frontier together. Let's be farmers or whatever, right? So, you know, and parents have always done this, impose their dreams on their children. So it's the only one here who doesn't have a choice or or an attempt to try to, the only one here who's not trying to direct Peter's development is Peter himself, who, who has no choice at all. Unhappy with the career choice the robots chose for his son, Ed tries to get Peter to follow him on his wanderings through the Terran colonies. Now there's no wife anymore. Janet's gone, so where there's just a genetic pairing and for procreation and they're not really married or what. Um, you know, she's not part in the second half of the story at all. But this is a tension that needs to be worked out I think in a way that preserves the Promethean spirit of youth and the humanism that seems to make a functioning sociable society livable. Now, it seems to me that Ed may be the owner of the more youthful, bold and creative and imaginative spirit of his son. And here I want to go back to what I've been saying for months and months now is that Dick needs to be looked at in many ways, at least in the 50s, as a frontier writer. So for Ed, the future is the frontier. Not Terra, although he comes back to visit it, but he's always looking out to the future. And this is also a way to break free of of kind of a social stagnation now we don't know enough about this this world to know if if it isn't stagnated i mean that's it's training professional biologists by nine years old so there might be something there but the cost of giving the bureaucracy the right to raise our children is most striking here ed lives and works in the colonies peter will live all his life in a research lab on earth probably going out very slightly because he can't even stand the smell of, of people he wants to be in the sanitized environment if you've seen Blade Runner 2049, there's a character who's kind of in a similar sort of circumstance, kind of in a lab because I think she has health problems or something. We see the expected dynamic, the conservative father trying to hold back the wanderlust of youth. But it's inverted here. The father is the one who has the wanderlust that wants to go out and explore the world. Ed's eyes seem to light up when he thinks about the untouched frontier. Quote, do you think you might be interested? Would you like to hop to Cirrus and take a look? It's a good place. Four clean planets, never touched. Lots of room. Miles and miles of room. Cliffs and mountains. Oceans. Nobody around. Just a few colonists. Families. Some construction. Wide level plains. In contrast, Earth has become a place of dreadful decadence and banality. Perhaps the robots who raise Terran children will promote this scientific innovation. Well, we don't really have any evidence of that. But creativity and dreaming seems to have died off. And in these moral terms, Peter is much more a reflection of the old ways than is Ed, who is still kind of holding on to kind of youthful spirit. So I kind of like the father in this story. There's other stories around this time, like the father thing, which present fatherhood in a much more complex and and difficult way. But I really kind of like this father who is the dreamer um so anyways that does it for for progeny it's a it's a nice little tale about education and automation and the frontier so leave your comments below or you can write me at 100pagescast at gmail.com uh, what do you think about our education system um do you, do you think there's a possibility to reconcile this promethean spirit of youth with a rigid educational system do you think what do you think of Dick's views of the generational conflicts and the wars? Are, are you kind of on the side of the parents or, or the adults or is that the wrong way to look at this? Um, how should we deal with characters like Peter who seem to have lost their humanity through their education, right? We, we're going to have characters later on who through mental illness or because they're schizoids or, or something are presented as somewhat robotic. And we're going to have robots who have human characteristics. In this character, in in this case, we have of human being who is roboticized through through his education. So I think that's that's um, an interesting kind of wrench to throw into this whole question Dick has constantly asking about what is what is human, what does it mean to be human. Um, so that does it for for Progeny. Um, I'll be back shortly with I believe the Turning Wheel, and that'll be the next uh, novel. Or next, next story we'll look at so thank you so much for listening and I, I hope you are reading through philip dick stories with me um if well if not come back anyways and listen to my comments on the next of his stories thank you again for listening come and possess my tired thoughts warm that leave.